I want to challenge you this morning with one question. And I don't know if you're going to be able to answer it, but hopefully by the end of today, you'll have a little grasp on it. My question is, how much do you love God? It's Mission Sunday. We've had pretty good examples of people who love God and are willing to move their families to another country. Is that really love of God? Is that the only way you love God is to move to Ukraine or move to Iraq? Today I want to challenge you to become self-aware and to do a little soul-searching. Self-aware is kind of a big buzzword these days now. Are you self-aware? Um, self-awareness, as, uh, as I looked, uh, Googled it this week, conscious knowledge of one's own character, of your feelings, of your motives, and your desires. Self-awareness is having a clear perception of your personality. How many of us have a clear perception of our personality? I think everybody likes me. Don't you? Come on. Self-awareness is having a clear perception of your personality, including your strengths, your weaknesses, your thoughts, your beliefs, your motivation, and your emotions. And I like this one. Self-awareness is the capacity for introspection. Can you look inside of yourself and know who you really are and how you really think? Sometimes this process can be painful. We've all struggled with self-awareness, right? I mean, I've stood up here before and somebody's had to tell me, hey, your, your zipper's down. Not very self-aware. <laughs> Just last week, I'm in the lobby and somebody who loves me very much, I know that because they told me this, they said, you have a nose hair hanging out of your nose. Chuck, you ever had that? Come on, man. You get older, they grow out of your nose. And if you're not self-aware, you don't look in the mirror and clip that thing. I wasn't very self-aware. But somebody loved me enough to share that with me, and I got it fixed. I purposely looked this morning to make sure we we're good. <laughs> now, if you tell me I have one now, I'm in trouble. I'm going to share with you some of my struggles today with self-awareness. And I want to challenge you that we all struggle with that. But I want to challenge you with how much you really love God. And it has nothing to do with zippers or nose hairs. How much do you love God? I was confronted with this question at a conference I was at in January. That's where I actually met the person that introduced me to the corns and said, you need to get a hold of them. It wasn't personally asked of me, but I was confronted by the Holy Spirit with that very question. One of the days when we were at this conference, and Robert Apt was with me, there were some speakers, and they were sharing some difficult things of their lives. They were sharing their ministry and the struggles that they have. They're working amongst unlovely people, people that want to kill them and threaten their families. And they can't even share 
why they're there, much like the corns are going to have to do, because of their faith. They have to mask why they're there to not draw attention to themselves. Some of them are persecuted for their faith. Some of these speakers that I heard had their colleagues killed because of who they were and where they were at. Yet they continue to love God and they continue to serve him. And as I listened to their stories, I was challenged with my own faith. You see, I think I'm a pretty good Christian. I've lived a godly life most of my life. I've been in ministry for over 30 years. And I could say, well, I'm doing pretty good. I show up at a church office most days of the week and I help people and I do what I'm supposed to do and I keep my nose clean and I love God and pour my life into ministry. But as I was listening to these people share, I was confronted with what some people do for the Lord. The sacrifice that they're willing to make for the kingdom. I was baffled. And I was confronted with the question, do I love God enough to minister and love the unlovely in the ways that these people do? I was uncomfortable. I was so uncomfortable, I physically was not wanting to be in that room because I was confronted with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was challenging me saying, how much do you really love me? And I didn't know how to answer that question. And so for my reasoning, I wanted to leave. And I looked for an excuse like, oh, I got a more important thing to do. I need to go to my room or I need to, you know, check my email, make sure church stuff is going okay. I looked for any excuse to get away. But God wouldn't let me go. And I don't know if you know this about me, but I tend to be an emotional person. The older I get, the worse it gets. And you look at me and you think, well, he's kind of a macho guy. He rides a Harley. He's got a bald head. He's kind of big. He's intimidating, so they say. But I, if you ask my wife, my love language is touch. And I love to hug people. And people are afraid to hug me because they just, you know, they got like this bubble that they don't want to enter into. But that's my love language. So emotionally, I was challenged that day. I was in tears listening to these people share how much they loved God by the things that they were willing to do for him, not for anything that they could get from these people that they were ministering to. The things that they were doing for the kingdom, there was no earthly reward for that. And it challenged me. I was fidgeting in my chair. I mean, I, I found myself squirming and moving around just like, this is not, this is not good. I came to the conclusion that my faith was not as strong as theirs. And my need, and you can, you can tweet this one, my need for self-preservation was stronger than my love for God. Been there? We all been there, right? 
My need for self-preservation to protect Joel was stronger than my love for God. Nobody physically asked me that question, how much do you love God? But I was confronted with it. The Holy Spirit pressed it on my heart. Well, I want to share with you some scriptures today to, to not beat you up with the scripture, but to encourage you. Matthew chapter 5 says, You have heard that the law says, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, Love your enemies. Who's your enemy? Pray for those who persecute you. Well, that's tough to do because I'm about self preservation. In that way, you will be acting as two children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. That's who God is. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even the government does that. Right? If you're kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. Who is that person or group of people that you despise the most? Have you heard the statement, you only love God as much as you love the most unlovely? Let that sink in a little bit. You only love God as much as you love the least. The person that you can't stand. The neighbor that never rakes his leaves. Never kills his dandelions. That people group that you say you're not prejudiced towards but really struggle with them. You love God as much as you love them. How much do you love God? Matthew 25, verse 31 through 46. This is a great passage of Scripture. If you can contemporize it. If you can put it to today's use. But when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him. This is the great white throne judgment. This is the judgment, the end of the world. The nations, the population of the earth is standing before Jesus Christ. And all the angels with him, and he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, good thing you're sitting on the north side tonight, okay? Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you, from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty, give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to the unlovely. When you did it to the person who is really not easy to love. You did it for me. 
Then the king will turn to those on his left. Sorry, I'm not calling you pagans today, but you're on my left. You happen to sit on this side today. Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry, and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger, you didn't invite me in. I was naked, you didn't give me clothing. I was sick in prison, you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, what's that next word? Lord. Notice both groups of people call him Lord. Are there people in church today that call God Lord that will not enter the kingdom of God because even though they know him in their heart, they don't love him? They know him in their head, but they don't love him in their heart. That's a sobering point. Lord, when would we ever see you hungry or thirsty or in prison? And I will tell you, when you refuse to help the unlovely in our world, the people who you love to hate, go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. How much do you love God? We can temporize this passage today because it's easy to just read Scripture and say, well, that was for yesterday or that was for a couple thousand years ago. Read it like this. For I was in need of a job, and you put a word out for me with your friend. Sometimes it's hard for me to do because I know the person that if I put out a good word for them, they'll work for a week or two, and then they won't start showing up for work. And then I look bad because I made a recommendation for him. It's not about me. It's about the love I have for God. Do I love God enough to make a recommendation for someone for a job knowing that he's probably going to fail? I was in need of someone to encourage me, and you stopped by and just put your arm around me and listened to me. I could provide you nothing, but yet you took time to be interested in my world. I was depressed, and you refused to judge me. I was high on drugs. You offered me a hand. I was stuck in my own self-pity and my entitlement mentality. And you still had compassion and love me. Can you read scripture like that? Does it make sense to you? When I read scripture and don't become self-aware or put it to practical everyday use, it's easy for me to read it and not take action. For instance, I can't go to the prison. I got to get a background check. There's a lot of stuff I got to, hoops I got to jump through. It's real easy. Well, I just can't do that. It's not equivalent to me anymore today. I need a background clearance. I don't have time to make a meal today for a family who might be sick because I'm really busy. And I don't really know them. And it might feel kind of odd to go and offer a meal to somebody from church who I don't even know their name. It's interesting that those people who were genuine in their faith, they didn't know it. They didn't know. They said, Lord, when did we offer you food or shelter or clothes? 
God said, when you offered it to the least of me. And I think it's because those in the faith who truly love God do those things because they love God. They don't do it because they're going to get a pat on the back or the church is going to say to them, hey, good job. Somebody's going to write a report up and put your name in that report. No, they do it because they love God. How much do you love God? And those on the left are going to be asked the same question. And they're going to be confronted not with their lack of faith because they called God Lord. They're going to be confronted with the fact that they never really loved him. So how do I love God? Let's get down to the nitty gritty today. How do I love God? What does that look like for you today? Pastor says I should love God. How do I love him? I can tell you this, that my wife's love language is acts of service. So if I do the dishes, she feels loved. I can tell her that I love her, but it means a lot more if I do the dishes. Or I make the bed before I leave home. Now, I can do that for the right reasons or the wrong reasons. I can do that because I love her, or I can do that because hopefully she'll notice and then she'll say something to me and I'll feel good about myself. Do you see the difference there? Why do you love God? Why do you do things for people in this world? To get something for yourself? Or because you love God? First Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. Says the Lord doesn't see the the way, the Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. You see, you can't fake it with God. It's a heart issue. I can tell you all sorts of things you should do. I can tell you that you should wipe, wash your wife's dishes. But I can't see your motive behind it. My wife can't see my motive behind it. God judges the heart, not the outward appearance. Loving God is not a matter of action as much as it is an attitude of your heart. You can't wash God's dishes. But you can do things in this world for people and for the kingdom and do it for God. And only God knows your heart. You can't stand up here and say, well, I did great things today or this last week or this last year for God. Not check your heart at the door. Only God knows your self-awareness. Only God knows your heart. Psalm 42.1 says, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you. You get what I'm saying today? How much do you love God? I can't measure that for you. But I can tell you to become self-aware. 
and look inside your own heart. And that person that you really don't want to love, that is really a struggle for you to show compassion to. The person who can do nothing for you in return. I'm guilty of this. I have lots of friends who like to hunt and fish, play sports, ride motorcycles, do fun stuff. But if you don't do that, I have a hard time being friends with you. I'm just being real here, folks. Because there's nothing return in that relationship. But God is saying, if you really love me, you're going to love that person who has nothing in common with you because it's about my relationship with God. Not that person. Can our friendships expand beyond just our own motivations to actually what God wants us to do? How much do you love God? Are you willing to do whatever? Are you willing to give up whatever? Are you willing to go wherever? To Iraq? To Ukraine? To places in the world where people would just as soon not see your face as to see your face? Or have more interest in harming you than helping you? Pretty tough to go there with any other motive than loving God. Because I'll tell you this right now, the corns are not going to get rich in Kurdistan. Jeff and Laura are not going to get a lot of allocades in this world by going to Ukraine. And sharing the love of Jesus. Teaching people how to pray. In the end, when Jesus comes in all his glory, that great white throne judgment, and all the nations are going to sit before him, they're going to be gathered in his presence, and he's going to separate the sheep from the goats those on his right and those on his left. The sheep will be on his right and he will say to them, welcome into my eternal kingdom. He's going to say to the goats, those same people that call them Lord, I never knew you. The question today is where will you be? Which side of the kingdom will you be on? Will you be on his right or on his left? And I can't answer that for you, and nobody else can answer that for you. Your wife, your husband can't answer that for you. Your mom, your dad, your friends can't answer that for you. Only God can answer that. How self-aware are you today of your love for God? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for challenging me with my love for self-preservation more than my love for you. Lord, I pray that you would write that in my heart and in my life. 
do what it takes to help me to love you more, to give more of myself to people who can do nothing in return for me. May my motives be pure. May our motives be pure, Lord, as we go from here. And I know, Lord, that we will be confronted with this this week. We're going to be confronted with people who are going to be hard to love. Lord, help me to answer that question in the right way. Help me to answer that challenge in the right way. Give me your love for them. Give us, this church, Gateway Church, your love for the unlovely. May our doors become open doors. May our hearts become open hearts. May our homes become open homes to those who are in need. Thank you for the challenge that you've given to us today. May we take it and use it for your honor, your glory. May it change who we are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.